Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Lan, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Lan on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Right, but my goal today is um, I want to talk about a particular aspect of love that is not often talked about. <laughs> you know, we talk about love, but we don't talk about this love. And I think it's going to bless all of you. It's going to really bless you. But first of all, let's look at what Jesus said um, in Matthew chapter 12 from verse 28. So somebody asked Jesus a question a teacher of the religious law, one of the professors in those days of law came, you know, asked Jesus a question. Uh, in Matthew um, 12, 28 to 31, Matthew chapter 12 from verse 28 to 31, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. Did you get Matthew 12, 12, 28? Am I, am I missing something? I'm oh, sorry, Mark. I mean, oh, I'm so sorry, Mark. Mark. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Mark 12, 28 to 31. So he says, one of the teachers of the law, of the religious law. Yes. So one of the scribes came up and listened to them disputing with one another. And noticing Jesus answered them, fitly and admirably he asked him which commandment is first and the most important of all in its nature which commandment is first and the most important of all the commandments in its nature jesus answered the first and the principal one of all command is hear o israel the lord your god is one lord and you shall love the lord your god Hard of and with your whole heart, hard of and with your whole soul, your life, hard of and with, your, with your mind, with your faculty of thought, your moral understanding, and with all your strength. You might want to change it away from the amplifier. Takes takes too much time. And then, then the second, Jesus replied, he continues, Matthew 5 says, the second is equally important. So they're not, you know. When you talk about the great the greatest commandment, we're not talking about ranking like one is first, right? And one is second. It's saying equally important. So the two top commandments, they are on the same on the same level. He said the second is equally important. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Amen. There is no other commandment greater. So Jesus puts these, these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself as the two greatest commandments that, that God has given to us. In fact, you can summarize all the commandments, 10 commandments, the entire law and the prophet by these two commandments. It's about loving God and loving people. Somebody say loving God. And what? And loving people. So now, let's do some Bible study. Go, go to verse 30. In verse 30, you talked about loving the Lord your God. Is that, is that, that's clear, right? Loving God is what? You know, loving God is part of it's our worship, our dedication to him. Good? And then the second one, love your neighbor. How many of you know that? You know what it means to love your neighbor, right? In fact, Jesus gave us an illustration about loving the neighbor by using the parable of the, uh, sorry, of the, sorry, the story of the Samaritan, the, Sam- the good Samaritan, as an example of what it means to love your neighbor, right? So we know what it means to love our neighbors to an extent. But you know what? There's one that is hidden in this place. That's one I want to talk about. That it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody say yourself. yourself. So people have come to this wrong understanding that 
when God talks about loving, that we're supposed to love, pour all our love on God, pour all our love on others, and forget about ourselves. And that's why the, the, the title of my message today, what I want to share with you today, is how to love yourself. You'll see when I go to, how to what? How to love yourself. That's where we're starting from. How to love what? Yourself. So, how to love yourself. you see how important it is. I actually believe that majority of the problems we have in relationships is because people don't like themselves. Don't like themselves. They're not a fan of themselves. Now, there is a, uh, you know, I'll talk about, there are two types of self-love that I'm going to talk about. There's the one that is on the other side, negative, but there's the positive one. That's the one I'm talking about today. I want you all to pay attention because this is going to um, liberate you. It's going to liberate you. So, the key to a healthy love life the key to a healthy love life, I'm talking about you walking in love, the key, the major key to a healthy love life is you believing and receiving the love that God has for you personally. It starts with you. That's the key to a healthy love life. If that is not sorted out, there is no way that your love can overflow in a healthy way to other people. If you don't love yourself, the way God loves you, if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you cannot love other people the way God wants them to be loved. This is a very important area of the love world that is not often talked about. You are only able to love to the degree that you have personally experienced God's love. You get that? You are only able to love to the degree that you have personally experienced the love of God. So we have to start with our own experiencing God's love first. Okay, let me give you the passage for that. Go with me very, very fast to 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Why do we love? 1 John chapter 5, 4, verse 9. You can do ESV from now on. Do ESV. Uh, 1 uh, John chapter 4, verse 9 says, We love. Because he first loved us. Why do we love? Why do we love? Come on, say it from that passage. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. That's why we love. First John 4 9. We love because he first loved us. ESV. We love because he first loved us. So it started from God first. It started from us experiencing God's love, amen, and then we now we are now able to show that love to other people. It starts, listen, it's important that you, that you know this, that you love, that love starts with you. It starts, we start with you experiencing God's love. Somebody say, love starts with me experiencing God's love. Yep, we love because he first loved us, amen. Uh, can you see it in there? And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his own son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, even God so loved us, it starts with us, we also love how to love one another. We love one another because God, first of all, loved us. That's how it now overflows. In a sense. So, if we love, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in, in us and His love is perfected in us. Amen. So, He continues to talk about that, you know, all through. But what I'm trying to pass across to us is that the beginning of love, the beginning of being able to love one another in an overflowing way, is first of all us accepting, believing, and receiving the love that God has for us. You got to accept it and receive it, Amen. So let's let's talk about um, there's this disease, or what can I say? There's this um, issue that we all combat, we all face, 
and it is this thing of loathing ourselves. You know what the word loathing means, right? Self-loathing. Like, we just, we might, we, we might not say, we might not admit it, right? But a lot of people, they're not, they don't like themselves. But God loves you, right? If God loves you, then that means you are worthy of being loved. But a lot of people don't love themselves. This started from Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. So Genesis 3, 7, Adam and Eve sinned. They were, you know, before Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were so, you know, they had great fellowship with God. They were so confident. They, you know, the way God made them, everything was good. But the moment they sinned, look at what they did. They said immediately, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it said the eyes of both of them were open. They knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together. And they made themselves loincloths. So they started, they started, we started wearing fig leaves since then. And then they started hiding from the voice of God. Amen. Fig leaves and hiding. How many of you can identify with that? Fig leaves and what? And hiding from God. So I call this, you know, the, my first point, I call it the curse, C-U-R-S-E, of self-loathing. The curse of self-loathing. It started from that place. Because when you start, when you look at yourself, you said they saw they were naked and then they started being afraid and hiding themselves. When you look at yourself and you are hiding, and you are trying to cover up. That means you don't like what you see. You get what I'm saying? You don't like what you see. Now, in, that, in those days, they started by covering up with fig leaves. But you know that we still have our fig leaves now. We, we, still have our, <laughs> we still have our fig leaves. Amen. We have our fig leaves that we still use to cover ourselves up. You know, these days. Two. Can I can I give you some examples of the fig leaves yeah. that we used to cover ourselves up? Sometimes you know we cover ourselves up by trying to defend ourselves. You know, sometimes when people are aggressively defensive, it's because there's something that is there yeah. that they are trying to cover that they don't like, and that thing is being touched. So we do that. That that's a fig leaf. Amen. What about works? We try to please God with works. So we go excessive with works. Because we're trying to prove to ourselves that we're worth something. And prove to others that we're worth something. So we keep doing works. works. Religion is a fig leaf that we, you know, that we, that we put on. Because we're just trying to hand God's love. Amen. Actions. What about promoting ourselves? I can tell you, let me tell you something. I can tell you that a lot of, one of the places where you can see the expression of lack of self-love the most is on social media. You understand? It's on social media. Everybody is trying to show something and trying to show something about themselves so that at least people can say, ah, you are enough, you are good, or you are enough. And if they don't get the likes, they go into a depression. <laughs> because <laughs> the like is like it's like an affirmation that yes you are good yes you are important yes you are you know you are good and you will see people do all kinds of stuff instagram and all that they will do all kinds of things to to show something about themselves to promote themselves and all they have to, you know I, I don't blame anybody i told you i, I never ever condemn or do whatever because they, that's the way they're found to relieve themselves of that thing. You know, they just want to be affirmed. They have not learned to affirm themselves, so they need to be affirmed by others. There's something inside of them that tells them that, you know, you are not enough or you are not great until people tell you that you are. And if people don't say it, then it's a, it's a big issue. Even young people, teenagers and all that, now, I've heard about those who commit suicide. Because of what they, of you know, what happened on social media, or what people said to them about their looks or about something, and then they go ahead and do something, you know, to themselves. It's this curse of self-loathing, blaming others. 
pretense, like trying to be who we're not, just so that maybe, maybe, maybe if I try to be like this and not be myself, maybe people will like me. You get it? Maybe if I, maybe what about dressing and all that? Maybe if I can just do this and some people pierce their skins and do all kinds of stuff just because they are actually trying to be loved. But the root of it is that they don't really like themselves. They're not really fond of themselves. So they're trying to make, to change things. A lot, I could go on and on and on. Shame. Guilt. Condemnation. These are the characteristics of self-loathing. You're, not, you're, you're always trying, you see, anything you do, is, it's like something tells you inside of you that it's not good enough. Or people would not like it. So you are not, you are not, I use this word, you know, there's a positive kind of pride. I'm not talking about negative pride. You are not proud of yourself. You are not proud of your works. You get what I'm saying? How many of you uh, can identify what I'm talking about? That this is a major issue that is going on right now. It's going on. It's, I mean, no matter how old, you could become president, you could become, like you could be in, in, in the head of a corporation. If you don't deal with that self-loathing, if you don't really accept yourself, right, you are going to be misbehaving. You are going to be looking for ways to get affirmation from others. And if you don't get it, you're going to react in the wrong way. You're going to react in a, in a bad, in a terrible way. But there's a solution to this thing. There's a solution to it. And that solution is to learn how to love yourself, how to accept yourself. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, I suffered with this thing for so long, like growing up. You know, for, for, the, first, for the first period of my life, the first period of my life, I was so proud of myself. And I was so proud of my life. Like, I didn't know what I didn't have. Are you paying attention to me? I didn't know what I didn't have. I just felt that we had the old world. In Fakwashafad, I felt like we, in Lagos, I felt like we had the old world. And I had this confidence. Then, someone came to live with us. When I was in my, I think I was about nine or so, there was somebody that came to stay with us and to live with us. And this person began to point out all our flaws. What I mean is that my personal flaw, the house we live in, our parents' flaws, our family flaws, how, you know, our family is not... I thought our family was the greatest family in the world. I thought our house was the best house in the world. I thought everything was just the best. I didn't, you know, that's what I thought. And this person kept on telling... I can remember still very clearly because I'm still, I'm still getting the effect of those things out of my life. This person just kept on talking and all the time. Okay, can you see this one? And then I began to think also, wow. Then the things I used to do before that I was never ashamed of. Do you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes my dad would tell me to go outside and, um, you know, shovel some stuff, you know. I, I used to do it with joy. But then when I, after all those things, anytime I'm doing it, I'm hiding from my classmates that are passing. You know, you know the things that I used to do just, I didn't care. I would say hello to them. You know, I was a, we used to come a class captain and everything. I, I, I just, I would tell them to come and all that. But then I started hiding, you know, try hiding. And I started crying and complaining to my dad. My classmates are going to see me doing this and, and this and that. And so a lot of things. Our house that I used to love and all, I now look at it. Well, look at this dilapidated house that we're living in. I'm telling you, I started to hate myself. I started to hate my life. I hated my family. If I, when, I went my, when I met my wife, one of the hardest things for me to do, my wife, she would tell you the night I sat her down and I said, I want to tell you my family story now. I was stammering. You know, and I, so after I finished telling her, she's like, wow. She said, yeah, yeah that's fine. But, I, but it was one of the toughest things that I ever went through. She remembers that night. You know, when I told her everything, I didn't like myself. And then I had this uh, Adam's apple then that was like, you know, was so big like this and I was so thin. And, you know, I didn't see all those things before. But before, you know, it became so conscious that any time I looked, that's what I saw. I did not like myself. Now, listen, I wasn't doing bad. I was always, I was leading. 
I was leading. I was the best in school, in my class and all that. But I was suffering from lack of self-worth from the time that person came into my life. And then also I went through some experiences and all that, you know, around that time, you know, through that, you know, the whole relationship flow and everything that even made me hate myself some more. Amen. So I went through my teenage years up till the point where I gave my life to Jesus, up to the time that I was called of God. I went through that period not liking myself. I didn't like my life, but I thank God for his mercy. (laughs) That reckless love of God. I mean, even not for the reckless love of God and the mercy, I won't be standing before you here. No, I won't be standing here. Because that self-losing, I will laugh. Because I started, it got at the very point where I began to express it in a terrible way. That was when the love of God found me and saved me. And now began to teach me about who I was in Him. The day that I heard about righteousness, and I saw it in truth. The way that I saw that my sins, I, I'm going to say something to you. My sins were preemptively forgiven. You need to go and meditate on that. A lot of you, a lot of you think that you, God is forgiving your sin today. Right? Like if I commit sin today, then God is forgiving it today. No. That is not scriptural. He forgave your sin on the cross before you were even born preemptively. Now, of course, I'm not saying that, you know, when you when you pray right now, that you cannot walk in the reality of it, right? But I'm saying that your sins, right? All your sins, right? Were you born 2,000 years ago? When, when did Jesus die on the cross? Did anybody even imagine you then? When were your sins forgiven? Before you committed the sins. <laughs> So many people think that God is going to love or hate them based on what they do today when he has already loved you before you were ever born. No, God's love is not conditioned on what we do. God's love is not conditioned on what you do. Or it will be just human love. God's love is unconditional love. Preemptive love. Amen. He has loved me before I even showed up. Are you guys following me today? Are you getting? Oh man, man, man. Woo. So how did we get into this self-losing? I gave you my personal example. Let me just give you quickly. Number and my third point is cause the causes of self-losing. Causes C A U S E S. So my first point was the curse of self-losing. My second one was the characteristics of self-losing, which I gave you. Now my third point is the causes. Why did we develop this self-losing? The first, first place where we, did, I mean, the first reason for self-loathing is words that were spoken over us when we were young. Words. I give you my own example. I did, I'm telling you, up until night, I did not even know that I lacked anything. I felt like my, everything was, I had the best of everything until I started hearing those words. And those words changed my entire subconscious. That what I loved before, I now hate it. Be careful what you are. For those of you that have kids, be careful what you are saying to them. Even when you are correcting them. When I say, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you are not careful, the tone and the spirit with which you are communicating it is communicating something else to them. You are telling them they are not good enough. And if that thing lodges in their subconscious, they would spend their whole life trying to be good enough. Yeah, we, we all heard it. People that meant, they meant good, but they just didn't know. They were ignorant, right? How many of you, you know, they, sp- they spoke whatever. You will never, you are good for nothing. You're good for nothing, girl. You're good for nothing, boy. You never amount to anything. Look at you. Look at what you just did. Can't you even wash a plate right? Look at you. Can't you clean your room right? Can't you just arrange things right? And the communication to your spirit is that I can't do it right. 
It can never be enough. So words spoken over us, they seep into our, especially when they are spoken with emotions involved, they seep into our subconscious and they create this self-loathing. Number two, mistakes that we have made ourselves. You know, whenever you don't keep your promises to yourself, you hate yourself for it. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I've learned not to make too many promises to myself. I don't make promises to myself like that anymore. So I put it, I say, Lord, yeah, put, Lord <laughs> through your grace and help, I will do it. You would never say, I would, ne- like, since I, I would never eat meat. I don't do that. I just say, through God's grace, you know, for some time, you know, or whatever, I will focus on this particular food. I would, I would never do this one because you start a battle. And the moment you go and eat the meat or you go and do the whatever, then you start eating yourself again. That you didn't keep your word. That's what Jesus meant when he said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do you get what I'm saying? And don't don't be swearing and doing all that. Because you can't make you can't create anything. You can't make the hair on your head and all that. You make all this hair and whatever, and then you fail, and then you start hating yourself for it. So our own shortcomings and failures. I mean, how many of you have a history in this place? How many of you have a history? I mean, come on, wave your hand. Come on, come on, come on. You know, do you have a history? I have a history of messes that I have made. But you know the interesting thing? I look at the mess I made in the past right now and I laugh because God has healed me. I have made some big mess. Wow. Just thanking God that I'm standing here because of God's mercy. But you know, people hate themselves because of mistakes. Number three, how you've been treated by others. If you were never treated with love, you don't know what love means, what it means to love yourself. He said, those who hurt, people who hurt, hurt others. People that hurt others, they actually hurt themselves. They're trying to resolve something in themselves. So some, some of us have been hurt growing up. You've been hurt by people. I was abused. Some of us have been, some people have been abused. And you come out of that and you, you just think the world is just, a, is just a, a bad place. And then you blame yourself. Some of us were born, you know, we're children. I was born and then my parents divorced. And as a young man, when things happen like that, you feel like I'm the one that caused it. Because children only know two things. They only know two things. The way their minds have developed, they are two things. Basically, what they cost, do you get what I'm saying? What, you know, like everything that happened is either they cost it, right? Or it's happening to them. That's what they know. They don't know about other people cost it. They're not grown to that level to know that it's other people. They always make it personal. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why, you know, we have to make sure that we, 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 we take some time to explain these things to them and love them and all that to get it. But I, I was, and that was where I was. I felt like the reason why my parents, you know, married my mom, my dad and all that, you know, was because I, because of something I did. And I cried, 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 cried. Because my mom comforted me. Thank God because, you know, my mom comforted me and I, she gave me a reason. I was able to see the reason. You know, clearly then, afterward, that's what helped me, you know, when I, when I saw that reason. But I still went through it, you know. And then, you know, you see other people coming with their, like when I met my wife and I see the family intact and everything, I felt so inferior. You know, I felt like that. I'm like, wow, look at this family. But God helped, God, God helped me with it. Is somebody getting blessed? <laughs> the last one, just because of time, the last one is the, the comparison of yourself to society standard. <laughs> the comparing of yourself to what? Why we hate ourselves. Comparing ourselves to society standard. And you are going to see plenty of it on TV. Plenty of it in magazines. 
you are not thin enough. Your hair is not long enough. Your skin is too black or too dark or your skin is too light. It doesn't matter your racial background or whatever. There's always somebody that will tell you that you are just not good enough. You are too short. You are too tall. You are too skinny. Amen. Those things used to bother me in those days. People tell me that I was tall and skinny and they say all kinds of stuff. But when people tell me, that's the side of God's healing. He doesn't move me anywhere. I just rejoice. I love myself so much now. Let me round up by talking about the cure for self-loathing. The cure for self-loathing. So how do we cure it? What is the cure for self-loathing? How do we develop this love for ourselves? It's a love your neighbor as yourself. Like, how do we develop this love for ourselves that we can now share with our neighbors, right? How do we get, how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we accept ourselves? How do we do it? The the, the key to it is in Ephesians 5.29. Please, I want you to show it. Ephesians 5.29 because. We're going to meditate on it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29 was the key for me. The key for me. Paul was talking about a marriage. He's talking about Christ and the church there. But he made a statement that if you take some time to meditate on it, he says, 529, he says, but no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. The light bulb came to me. Do you get what I'm saying? That the key to overcoming my self-loathing was to start cherishing myself and nourishing myself just like Christ cherishes and loves the church. In other words, I need to start treating myself like Jesus treats the church. You see, a lot of messages you hear, they tell you, treat other people like Jesus will treat them. But have you ever had a message that says, treat yourself like Jesus will treat you? No, listen, some of you, the way you treat yourself, right? The way you treat yourself, the way you, if you look at the way you treat yourself, I mean, you need the police to come and arrest you for abusing yourself. <laughs> you need a fire. You need the fire, the fireman to come and put out the fire because you've not been treating yourself well. I'm talking about you personally. You give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You show compassion to everybody, but you don't show yourself compassion. We treat ourselves so badly. He was talking about marriage in there, but he used an illustration that no one hates his own flesh. His own. You don't hate, you know, but you nourish and cherish it. Do you get what I'm saying? So we need to nourish and cherish ourselves. Everybody, point at yourself. Say, I need to nourish nourish and cherish me. me. Tell anybody, say, I need some self-love. Say, it's time for some self-love. Say, in February... Before I start talking about loving the, the, the old world. Say, say, before I start talking about loving the old world. I got to show myself some love. Let me teach you one powerful thing. Everybody look at me. One powerful thing that will help you a lot, right? This is the way you are made, like, I mean, physiologically. And I don't have the time to go into all that. Do this. Say, I love myself. You see, when you touch this place, when you talk, you try when you talk this place and say something, it gets deep inside of you. You understand? It's okay. You know, it's it's very powerful. It's self-reassuring. Amen. When you say I love, I say I love myself. You see, this what's happening is that that little girl, that little girl, and that little boy of many many years ago that experienced those things is still hiding inside of you even though you have grown big that that is there and it's afraid and she's afraid it's like what if i do this right now like i did it then 
and then they laughed at me or i did you know i do it now like i did it then and it didn't work and it's hiding you have to tell it it's okay it's okay now you have god god loves you you don't have to be afraid anymore you don't have to think that everything that people say is to bring you down you don't have to respond that you don't have to think that the world is out to get you no you're fine you're fine Woo! <laughs> you get it <laughs> you're fine you're good you're good so because i'm traveling i'll, I'll just let me just quickly dump this you know <laughs> We are the, the other scripture I like. So the first scripture, I want you to go and meditate on and Pastor David can take it further next week. Um, you know, that one. The second one I would like you to go and meditate on on self-love is 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Everybody say, there's no fear. So whenever there is fear, love is not perfected. Fear of people, fear of, you know, there's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out what? Okay. So that fear inside of you, you understand? Perfect love casts it out. For fear has torment. Fear brings punishment. Fear brings torment. Like all those torment that will go through alone, you know. But what? Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So the perfect love of God will cast out all those fears that we have in ourselves, that we live out, that we act out. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen. So how do you do it? How do you, how do you practice this? Please write this on number one. Accept God's unconditional love for you. Accept God's unconditional love for you. Accept what? I'm telling you, that is a simple statement to make, but it's a powerful thing. Accept God's unconditional love. The key word there is unconditional. That's the key word. It's unconditional. We're so used to conditional love that it's so hard to grasp unconditional love. Believe it. You have to have faith in that love. First John 4, 16. First John 4, 16. Just go up a little bit. First John, you're already there, verse 16. First John 4, 16 says, look at it, it says, God, 16, verse 16 says, so we have come to know and to believe, you have to believe it, the love that God has for us. We come to believe it. You have to believe it. How do you believe it? The same way you, you have faith in everything, you have to keep hearing it. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to keep hearing, you have to accept that unconditional love. Everybody say this after me. I mean, I'm, some statement when you start talking about God's love, people think you are, everybody say after me, say, God loves me even when I fail, even when I fall, even when I commit the greatest sin. I am still unconditionally loved by God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing in your past can separate you from God's love. Nothing in your future, in your present, can separate you from God's love. It's eternally committed to you. It's eternally committed to you. It's not looking at you like other people look at you. It's looking at you because it knows your weaknesses. It's looking at you with compassion. It's looking at you with love. The message of condemnation is not a message from God. It loves you unconditionally. Accept it by telling yourself, I am love. I am love. Romans 5, 8. Romans 5, 8. God showed his love for us so that while we were yet sinners, sorry, for, sorry, in that while we were yet sinners, like when we were still sinners, look at it. <laughs> wow. No, no, uh, Romans, Romans, Romans chapter, chapter uh, 5, verse 8. Romans 5, 8. Yeah, it says, no, this is still false, John. Yeah, <laughs> you, have, you didn't press enter. Yes, thank you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Let me read it. It says, but God showed his love for us so that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. Not after we have become righteous, not after we have become saints, not after we started serving him. Before we even started doing anything, he loves us. 
tell your neighbor, accept God. You say, God showed his great love for us by sending his Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. Amen. Amen. While we were still sinners, that's when he loved us. So what about now? Does he love you less? No. Everybody say after me, say, I am loved. Unconditionally. So that's the beginning. And you know, this this takes a while. You have to you have to keep meditating on scriptures that talked about that talks about you know who you are, you know, how he loves you. You know, keep saying those scriptures. Keep saying, keep saying that. And then let me give you um, another one. Um, still related to this. Uh, the Romans chapter, sorry, Psalms 139, verse 13. I'm still talking about um, how to how to develop self-love. So Write it number two. The first one is accept God's unconditional love, believing. The second one, accept God's thoughts about you. Everybody say God's thoughts about me. Do you know how God thinks about you? The way you think about yourself, is he in alignment with how God thinks about you? Psalm 139, starting from verse 13. 139, starting from verse 13. Look at it. It says, you made all my delicate inner parts of all the delicate inner parts of my body. Everybody say, my inside is fine. (laughs) Say, the inside of my body is fine. And you knit me together in my mother's womb. Everybody say, I am good physically. (laughs) Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Listen, if people tell you that you are too complex or whatever, your temperament, your chino or whatever, just go back to this place. I said, yeah, he made me wonderfully complex. That's what, you see, I, I, you know, I have to start telling myself this thing. I remember they would say, anybody that is taller than me is too tall. Anybody shorter than me is too short. Anybody fatter than me is too fat. Anybody thinner than me is too thin. Anybody darker than me is too dark. Anybody lighter than me, lighter than me is too light. For my life, for my destiny, I am perfectly made to specification. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made. Young people, please listen to it. When your friends start telling you that you are not tall enough, you are not thin enough, tell them, oh, you are too complex. God made you so complex. His workmanship is marvelous. And I know it. Everybody say marvelous. marvelous. Say, I am marvelous. And my soul, but, but the key is there, you know, the key is the transition says, and my soul knows it very well. Because if your soul doesn't know it, if your spirit doesn't accept it, you understand, you will still be having that self-loathing. So you have to make sure that your soul knows it very well. How do you make your soul know very well? Tell it. Look in the mirror every morning and look at yourself and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Look at you and say, wow, <laughs> I, love I love my life. I love myself. Come on, say, but say, I love my story. I don't want another person's story. I want my own story. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, they all culminated to make me who I am today. I don't want anything out of it. I love my story. I love where I was born. Do you know what I'm saying? I love my accent. I love you know, come on, you know, I love it. I don't want to be anybody else. I want to be myself because that's where I might that's where I'm gonna magnify God the way he wants me to magnify God. Not by trying to be like somebody else. We have to trust the design of God for us. Let nobody use your body to shame you. Let nobody use your background to shame you, your skin color to shame you, or your story to shame you. You have to go through all that to be who you are today. And you are precious in God's sight. Oh, somebody needs to say a better amen. Amen. (laughs) Luke 12 verse 7 says, even, I'm still talking about this self-loathing of your body and all that. Or your or of yourself in Luke chapter twelve verse seven it says, even the very hair of your head, they are what numbered. Luke twelve seven, 
Luke 12, 7, it says, what is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. So in other words, sparrows that are worth anything, God doesn't forget them. How about you? He said, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Somebody say, I am valuable. No, no, I want you to say, but they say, I'm valuable. Young people say, say I'm valuable. No, let me, let me tell you something. I am, I'm important. It's not pride. It is it's good. I am so important to God's plans in Chicago that you have to bring me to Chicago to do it. Amen. <laughs> you didn't hear what I'm saying? You are so important to God's plans that you have to be born to fulfill it. He has to put you where he puts you. All of us in this place, we're so important to God's plan in this North Shore that he brought us here. Wow. How special we are. So you see, you start walking like this. Start walking like this. I remember the day my walk changed. <laughs> because my walk was like this before. Like, if you need me, my mom, my mom will come into the room and she'll be crying. She'll be begging me. Crying, why are you writing all these terrible poems about yourself? Please, <laughs> please now. Because I used to write dark poems that you would think that I would kill myself. You know, she'll be like, Why are you? She'll be crying. <laughs> why, you know, why are you? You are, it's fine, it's okay. That's in my life. But suddenly, so I went to college, feeling that, you know, melancholy. But when I went to college and I had the experience of the revelation of who I was in Christ. Suddenly, I came home. My mom could not recognize me anymore. It's like, what happened to this guy? And I came and said, Mommy, I don't, need to send, I don't need you to give me any money to go to school anymore. You know, I'll take care of myself. And from then, I started sending money to her from college up till today. I was still in university then. I just got in contact with the revelation that changed me. Everything about me changed. Because I got to know that I was valuable to God. I started loving myself. Finally, finally, the final one. Accept your humanity. Accept your humanity. Write it out. Accept your humanity. That includes your past. Settle with it. It has happened. Acceptance does not mean that you you say it is good that you know it was the right thing to do. Acceptance means that yeah, it happened, it's there, you know, but it's brought me here and I'm going forward. No matter what has happened in your past, what you have done in the past, what has happened, just accept it. It's part of who you are right now. And accept your humanity. Accepting your humanity means that I will never be perfect in my human self. That's why I need the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. Remember, your humanity in, um, you know, talking about, you know, about, about us as human. Hebrews chapter 1, so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Accept your humanity, humanity. Hebrews 4, 14. No, no, end it with that. It says, so then we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold family to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. God has factored our weaknesses into his plans, and he understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testing as we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help in time of need. You know, in Psalm, you know, let me, that final part, in Psalm um, 102, right? Or is it 103? Where it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Go to, go to Psalm, is it 102 or 103? One of them. 103. Psalms 103. After he talked about that, he made a statement there. Go down. He says, he said, look at it. He said, the Lord, no, go, go to verse 8. He says, the Lord, Psalm 103 verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry and he's filled with unfailing love. 
He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve, but his unfailing love towards those who fear him is great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Like a father is to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. This is where I'm going. For he knows, everybody read it together. For he knows what? How weak we are. And he remembers that we're only dust. Accept your humanity. Stop beating yourself down because you messed up. Stop beating yourself because of that. God has factored all that into it all. Amen. Amen. Did you get blessed? All right. Let us rise up. <laughs> Thank you. Let us rise up and come on, touch, 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 touch yourself. You know, just say, I want you to do it like I'm doing right now. Say, I am loved. I am loved. Say, I love myself. I love myself. No, say, say, I know you may never have said, never said that. You'll say, I'm proud of myself. I love myself because I accept God's love for me. I am valuable because I accept God's value for me. Look at this, everybody. This is a this one dollar. I used this illustration once in one of the leading lights in the nation. This one dollar, right? You know one dollar can do some stuff, right? Okay, now, what if I do this to it? I'm sorry, you know, I'm messing up. I'm abusing the dollar, but it's for an illustration. So. When he was a teenager, in the 20s, an uncle, an auntie, friends, family, what's the value? One brother. So no matter what has happened to you, the worth that God put inside of you still remains. Still one dollar. You want it? Yes. I want to give it to you. You want it? Take it. It's one. It's what? It's one dollar. It's valuable. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for that. I'm valuable. I'm valuable. I'm important. Come on, say, say, I'm valuable. I am loved. I allow, I allow God's love for me to overflow within me. I am unconditionally loved. And I also love myself unconditionally. I nourish myself. I cherish myself. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am important. To God's plans. I'm significant in God's plans. I'm important to Him. I'm valuable to Him. I'm loved. And so I love myself too. Come on, let's celebrate God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.